Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in two locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. So that reality hit me a couple of weeks ago that despite all the things that we've seen here and been here for almost four years, that this would be the last time that we would gather in the Children's Museum. I was reminded that anytime we move, anytime we make a move, whether it's a literal move or a move in direction, is to, to, to recast the vision of why. Uh, because I believe that that movement attached to the mission gives us momentum. Right? As long as we're moving and it's rooted in the why behind what everything that we do, then, then we'll see momentum in our new location, in our new community with a ton of new people. But, but movement without the mission leads to frustration. Why are we moving? Why are we going? Like, isn't this a good spot? I mean, obviously it's been awesome. We've been here for four years, right? We've seen God do some amazing things. I'm not even going to pretend that everyone in the room is, is on the same page and fired up about the next season in the life of our church. And so I think that's why it's so important for us to talk about the why. This is a great place. This building is cool, man. Like, kids can get, like, look, we, we can put up with whatever happens in here. If your kids get to go in there and play, that's pretty awesome. Hey, man, cool space. It's easy. It's right off business for you. You know how easy it is to get here? You know how crazy parking is downtown? We have our own huge parking lot here. Like, don't even have to worry about it. You know how nice it is? So convenient to be here. Why are we going? Why are we leaving? Don't we have a good thing here? I mean, did you hear everything that he said has happened here? Maybe, maybe your life has been changed by Jesus here. Like, hey, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Maybe, maybe that's the mentality that we have. And because the move is not connected to the mission, maybe there's a little bit of of frustration. So I want to I share with you the mission. I want to I remind you of, of what we've been called to do. God has done so many great things over the last four years in this facility, but it is very possible for us to get so comfortable with the past that we lose sight of what God has called us to do moving forward. Some of you may be on the opposite side. You may be fired up about this move, mainly the people that set up and tear down every week. <laughs> like, if you're sad we're leaving, you've never served on that team. <laughs> They're like, hey, man, this is awesome. This is great. We got our own spot. Like, it's, it's a great place. I cannot wait for you guys to see it next week. It's going to be bonkers. It's great. We've been praying for this and asking for it, and God's already done this for us once. And we planted a campus 11 miles north of here, and now God has opened up the door again, and we've, we've finally got a place to call our own. Finally have a spot to call home for our, our downtown campus. But, but for you, I want to cast the vision for the why, because it, it's possible that, that, that we start to view what we have as something to use and lose sight of everything that we have to lose. It's possible that we can look at a new facility and, and a new opportunity in a new neighborhood and, and think, look at this incredible tool, but we lose the urgency and lose sight of what we have to lose. That we think somehow that's the, the goal for us, is to, to have a building and to have our own spot and for it to be just tricked out and for it to be the, the, the greatest thing ever. Jesus once said, 
What good is it if a man gains the whole world but loses his soul? I'm going to be honest with you. When we sat down with that church in the South Fort neighborhood, and, and for the second time, man, this is crazy. I hope you realize what we're in the middle of here. For the second time, a multi-million dollar facility was given to us. Just give, here's the keys, debt-free, six figures in the bank account. You can have it. As a church planner, as a, as a peasant like I am, it feels like you have gained the whole world. We got a church van, dude. Did I tell you that? Come on! At that moment, it feels like we have gained the whole world. But what good is it to gain all of that if you lose the soul of what the church is called to do? What good is it if you gain the whole world but forget the mission? Because here's what happens. When the church forgets the mission, it becomes a museum. This is happening in Europe all over the place. Huge Million-dollar cathedrals are being closed down and turned into a museum. Stanchions block the stained glass so that tourists can walk in and take pictures. They charge people at the door. In a place that was once filled with people that loved Jesus and was focused on the neighborhood around them, now stands as a relic of what once was. Unfortunately, both of the facilities that we have now share the similar story. At one point was a vibrant, thriving local body. But for one reason or another, over time dwindled down to just a few people to the point to where they couldn't even afford to keep the doors open. They had lost sight of the mission, and it slowly became a museum. And if you think that Revo is exempt from that, like, I, I get it, man. We've seen God do some crazy things in this place over the last five years. And, and if, if you like some insider baseball here, like 60% of church plants fail within the first five years. So when we turned five, I was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, we still may blow it this year, but yes, at least, at least we beat the odds. But it could happen to us. We're not exempt. There's nothing special about this. The moment that we forget the mission, the moment that we become inwardly focused, the moment that we believe that it becomes all about us, we go down the same route. And in 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, Revo Church will be just a blip on the radar, a relic of what once was. And some other business or church will be in both of our, of our buildings. We see that all around town. Churches are dying and failing, closing their doors, trying to ask, what's next? What do we do? What happened? I want to tell you the why behind what we do this morning. I want to tell you a story that Jesus told out of Luke chapter 15. It's the parable of the lost sheep. Here's, here's what Jesus said. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus. Did you hear that? <laughs> Tax collectors and notorious sinners oftentimes came to listen to Jesus. Now, that may fly in the face of what you believe about Jesus right now, that non-religious people don't want any of this, that people that are atheists don't want this, that people that are mad at the church don't want Jesus. But you need to understand, as you read through Scripture, anywhere Jesus was, lost people showed up. People that were far from God wanted to be around Jesus. They wanted to hear him teach. They wanted to see what he had to say. People that were far from God. That's why we will always preach Jesus. We will not preach Nathan. We will not preach Zach. We will not preach Revo. We will not preach some weird version of the gospel. We will preach Jesus. Because when Jesus is preached, people that are far from God show up. 
Scripture says God draws people to himself through the preaching and the teaching of his son Jesus, not through anything else. And so it shouldn't surprise you that this story starts out by saying tax collectors and sinners were gathering just so that they could hear Jesus preach and teach. I love that Jesus' ministry was marked by people looking around and saying, Ooh, you, you probably shouldn't be here. <laughs> Why are you here? Wait, hey, have you, did you see them in the back listening to Jesus? Like, like They've never been to church before. <laughs> like, we've been trying to reach out to them. The religious people are trying to figure out how did they get, what, what, are they, what is he saying, what's, what's going on? You know who didn't like to be around Jesus? Religious people. They were so frustrated at him. In fact, verse 2 reads like this. It says, This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. See, religious people hated that Jesus came with a message of freedom. They hated that that Jesus wasn't making people conform to a mold. He wasn't making them jump through religious hoops. They made money off this. They made a name for themselves off this. But, But Jesus played by a different game. He was a different type of guy. And the religious people hated him for that. Anytime in Scripture you see religious people around Jesus, they're complaining. <laughs> they're saying, why, why do we have to do it his way? Why, why do we have to go there? What, do we have to, what is he talking about? Like, Why is he blowing up the system? And so Jesus, kind of understanding this tension, begins to tell them this story. Verse 3, so Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Man, there's a shepherd, he's got a hundred sheep, looks up and finds 99 there, and one is, one is lost. What will he do? Can I tell you what I would do? I'd be happy with the 99. Next week, we're going to launch, and we've got as many chairs jammed into that room as we can. And we're already going to have to bring some more chairs from the North Campus to accommodate the amount of people that are going to show up. Can I just shoot you straight? As I stand on stage, if we have 400 or so seats taken, and out of those 400, there's only three or four that are empty, I'm cool with that. Like, I'm going to look out there and be like, what? Like, even the front row, the splash zone is full? Let's go. (laughs) Go home, chalk that up to a win. Man, with 99 out of 100 seats filled, not too shabby, man. That's something to brag about. That's something to get excited about. And I I agree, like we're going to have a good time and we're excited about that. I suggest you come early. But in this story, it says the good shepherd left the 99. Didn't celebrate, didn't party with the 400 or so people that were there, but was focused on the two or three that weren't. He, He continues the story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them get lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? Now see, that's different for us. We have a friend that doesn't know Jesus. We'll invite him to church one time. They say no, and we say, oh, okay. <laughs> At least I tried. At least I tried. At least I asked. Like, it's not my fault. If they go to hell, that's fine. I mean, I, at least I asked them. I did my part. Jesus, take the wheel. Do, do, do what you got to do. Maybe somebody else will ask. Maybe somebody else will invite them. Man, maybe there's somebody in your life, a coworker, a friend, a family that's told you no before, and it's time to go ask them again. Maybe it's time to recognize a lost sheep that's not here right now and be like the good shepherd and stop at nothing to find them. 
Maybe it's time to focus outward. And regardless of how many times you've asked and how many times they said no and how many times they told you never ask again, maybe you love them and nicely, kindly encourage them to come hang out with us next week. Because we view them as a lost sheep and we're not satisfied with our friends and family that are here that know Jesus, but we're urgent about the people that are far from Him. That quite possibly... You asking them again, you offering to pick them up, you offering to meet them outside in the parking lot, you sitting beside them, maybe you taking them out to lunch, results in them coming in here and hearing a song about Jesus and hearing the name of Jesus proclaimed, and they are, they are one invite away from life change. They are one sermon, one move of the Holy Spirit away from their entire family being radically changed with the gospel message, and that could start with you. Being passionate about the one that is not here. Wouldn't he, wouldn't he go after the one? Verse 5, and, and when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends, the shepherd, all of his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. It's a little overkill to me. <laughs> I mean, you... You found one sheep and you're going to throw a party? You found one, like I've lost things before and when I found it, I didn't call all my neighbors and say, hey, come on over, we're grilling out. I didn't make a big deal about it. It just seemed, like this story just seems like overkill. It just seems like, man, that's a lot of trouble. That's a lot of party and that's a, that's a lot that you've put on this one, this one lost sheep. Party for one? Come on. Don't you, don't you think that's a, a little much? Here's why, why we hear we do it in verse 7. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and have not strayed away. If you want to know why this church exists, read, read verse 7 again. If you want to know why we're moving, just read verse 7. Highlight it, underline it, star it, circle it, do whatever you got to do. We exist for the one not yet here. And so I want to talk to two people today. Um, I think we, all of us are going to fall into one of these two categories to understand to you the vision behind what we're going to do next week and why we're, why we're expanding, why we're, why we're moving. Think about the language that we see in verse 7. All of heaven stops and celebrates when one lost person is found. Like, can you fathom that? Can you fathom the creator of the world and all of the inhabitants of heaven on the edge of their seat waiting on the one lost sheep to be found. And when that happens, it erupts. It doesn't say heaven erupts when another church is planted. It doesn't say heaven erupts when another church gets a swanky building. It doesn't say that heaven stops and celebrates vigorously when someone memorizes another Bible verse or says another prayer. It says when a lost sheep is found, then everything stops and everyone parties because it matters that much to God. If you're in here today and, and you're far from God, I want to talk to you. In this story, if you're lost, if you're searching, if, if you know you don't have a personal relationship with God, if, if, you, if you know you don't, you don't have that, but, but I, would, I, would, I would say this, one of the reasons why you're here 
is because you know something's missing. You wouldn't be here if it weren't. You wouldn't have showed up today. And I, I believe this story has a few things to tell you this morning, and I want to share it with you. Number, number one is this. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a personal relationship with him, maybe this is the first time you've been here at church in a long time. Here's the first thing I want you to know. Number one, God will never stop looking for you. God will never stop looking for you. Scripture says the shepherd goes out and searches for the one that is lost. God will never stop looking for you. If you're lost, if you're hurting, if you're searching, God is looking for you. God doesn't shout from the darkness, hey, hope you can find me. Good luck, follow the breadcrumbs. No, Scripture says God is looking for the one that is lost. He's looking for the one that is separated from him. Looking for the one, not the 99, not partying with the church people, but looking for the ones that are far from him. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus articulates his mission. He says, I have come to seek and save the lost. Not to hang out with the religious people. Not, not, not to celebrate with the churches. Hey, somebody asked me the other day, he said, if Jesus were here on earth today, would he be at your church? I'd be like, no, he'd be hanging out with a bunch of lost people. Like the church would be the last place he would be, hanging out with Christians. He'd be looking for the lost sheep. And so I want you to hear, even from the mouth of Jesus, that his purpose, his mission, was to find the lost, to seek and to save the lost. He's going to do everything it takes to get to you. And he will not stop looking until he finds you. Number one, God is looking for you today. Number two is this, God will stop at nothing to find you. Scripture says that the good shepherd searches, not until he gets tired, not until he gets dark and cold, not until he thinks the sheep has had enough time to be found. He searches until he finds it. What if I told you this morning that God set this entire thing up for you to be found? What if I told you this children's music, come on, let's be honest, man. You don't think you just accidentally walked in here on our last Sunday, did you? If you'd have waited a week to come here, we would not be here. The doors would be closed, museum opens up at one, bring your kids to play. Do you think this is an accident? You think you're here just out of coincidence or some random circumstance? What if I told you a group of people have been showing up every morning for the past four years planning this just so that God could find When I asked my wife to marry me, I had the whole thing planned out, right? Um, I had been looking for this diamond ring for 11 months. For 11 months, twice a week, I went to this jeweler, a buddy of mine, and he would show me these loose diamonds, and I would say, not, like, that's, it's not, I can see a flaw in that one. I don't like that color. This was too big. That's way too expensive. Uh, I don't want that one. Is this, what is this made of? Why do they cost this much? And for 11 months, I looked. Uh, at the 11th month, I finally found one. I think he was more happy than me that I actually found one. And I called Elizabeth, and uh, I said, Elizabeth, um, we, let's, let's go to the beach. We lived about two hours away from the beach, and my parents own a home at the beach. I said, hey, um, I lied. I, f I asked forgiveness for this, but I said, hey, I need to go check on the beach house, okay? 
Like mom and dad, they don't they don't get to go down there, but like once a month, and so just, it's just good to check on it a while. You want to ride up there? Let's grab some dinner, and we'll swing by the beach house and uh, just check on some things, and then we'll come home. Does that sound good? It was only two hours away, just a just a, a, an evening trip. And she's like, "Great, we'll go to our favorite restaurant, eat our favorite meal." So I was like, "Perfect." Friday morning, I meet with her dad to ask if if he would allow me to marry Elizabeth. I was going to do it anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm in too deep. I bought that ring, man. <laughs> Thankfully, he just began to tell me how great of a guy I was and how perfect it was going to be and how much he loved me. And I, don't, I won't even bore you with that, like, hour conversation. <laughs> anyway, uh, get in the car. Elizabeth is talking. I, not so much. She's like, you okay? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I had the ring in the trunk um, in a sock. <laughs> Because I didn't want her to see it. I didn't want her to, like, I didn't want her to be like, what's that little box back there? And uh, we had to get out, and I had to fill the gas tank up, and I walked around to the back, and I'm, like, pushing on the trunk. She's like, what's up? I'm like, just making sure the trunk's closed, you know, don't want anything to fly out. We sit down at our favorite restaurant to get my favorite meal, and uh, I take about two bites. Liz was like, you okay? But like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Totally fine. Just excited here. Favorite restaurant, favorite meal. She's like, yeah, you're not eating it. Well, you know, box it up maybe. Maybe take it with us. Nervous, man. Palms are sweaty. We go to the beach house. Elizabeth still has no clue. She's like, I don't understand why I have to drive two hours up here just to check on this house. Like, can your parents come later? And so we walk in. I got the sock. <laughs> I had the sock in my back pocket. Elizabeth still has no clue. I sit down on the couch. I'm, <clears throat> I got the sock in my hand. She's like, why are you sitting down? Like, well, let's go. Like, check on it. Let's go. We got two hours. We need to get back. I was like... You want to talk? No, let's go. I was, ah. Open up my Bible, and I began to read from Psalms or Proverbs 31, where it talks about what a godly woman is. And I was like, girl, you are a godly woman. I didn't say it like that. <laughs> it was a lot more romantic than that. You know, you're my dream. You know, I, and, and so I, I got down on one knee, and I pulled the, the sock ring out. And I asked her if, if she would marry me, and she said yes. And, and here's what I told my, my family was at my house, and her family was at her house, and I told them. I told them, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask her about 7 o'clock, we'll be done. So, so make sure you're not on the phone, man, because Liz is going to want to call you, and, and we're going to want to call and celebrate. And they were excited, and they were antsy. And so I remember asking my mom, she said, about 7 o'clock, I got a phone call, and it was a neighbor, and my mom was like, I can't talk right now, i got to go hang up, bye. And they were, they were so excited, and it was crazy because when, when Elizabeth said yes, she called, and, and then she found out her parents were in on it. They knew, and my parents were, were in on it, and I was able to tell her, hey, hey, everybody's in on it. Surprise. <laughs> Did you know that if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, that you walked into a room where God finally found you and we were all in on it? Surprise. <laughs> that people showed up early to set up these chairs for you to sit in. That we practiced music and prepared a message so that God could find you. And you need to know that he will not stop looking for you until he found you. And everybody's in on it, man. Everybody here is in on you being found by the good shepherd. And we knew it, and we've been working, and we've been praying, and we've been talking behind your back some. 
And maybe for years we've been by here. Don't think that the last Sunday that we were here was an accident. We could have easily moved on, but we believe that God wanted to find just one more. Surprise! He found you. He found you. Here's the third thing, because i, I got to clear this up, because some of you are freaking out right now. Because some of you have done things in the past where you don't think you want God to find you. In fact, you would say, I'm not lost, I'm running. I'm lost on purpose. Like, I'm playing a, a spiritual game of hide and seek, and God will never find me, because you are convinced that if God ever finds you, he's going to whoop your tail. Everything I've done? Yeah, you don't know me, Nathan. You don't know what I've said. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how long I've been running. Let me share this last thing with you. Not only is God looking for you, not only will he not stop until he finds you, but number three, when God finds you, you will experience his caring love. Scripture says the good shepherd picked up the sheep and carried it. And when he got home, he threw a party. Now me, if I'd have, kept that, if I'd have caught that sheep, I'd have yelled at it. I'd have kicked it. I'd have made it feel bad. I roll up on my, di- my, my, my sheep stuck in a ditch. I'd be like, here, give me your hand. Whoop! No! <laughs> figure it out. Figure it out. You got yourself in this mess. You figure it out. And some of you are convinced that if God ever finds you, he's going to whoop you. He's going to beat you. He's going to say, told you I'd get you. It's like there's a wanted poster with your face on it. And you're running as fast as you can because you're convinced that God is not going to be happy when he finally finds you. And you're nervous right now because you've been found. But I want to remind you what you will experience. The loving shepherd carries the sheep and throws a party. Romans 5.8 reads, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Translation, while you were still sinners... While you were still lost, while you were still on the other team, God was thinking about you. And God was searching for you. And God was trying to find you. Surprise! He found you. And now you get to experience the caring love that I'm talking about. God didn't find you because he was impressed with you this morning either. Not a single person in this room has ever impressed God. He found you because he was looking for you. And he found you because he loves you. I want you to know that this morning. I want you to understand, as a lost sheep, that God is looking for you. Finally, if you're the church, if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to cast the vision for for what we're going to do. It's very important moving forward. I, I want you to know why we're doing this. I want you to know, like, have grasp what we're doing by moving away from here. Number one is this. We are going to be driven by what drives God. This church will be driven by what drives God. And you know what drives God? Not the 99, the one lost. That's why we're moving. That's why we're getting a bigger facility. That's why we're going to a different neighborhood because we know that there's the one that is still lost. We're not going so that we can have more room for us to spread out. I don't care how close y'all sit beside each other. I don't have no sympathy for you. We're not moving to a new facility to make us more comfortable. 
This is an invitation to a party in which you are not the center. We're going to be driven by what drives God. Number two, I want us to be great at what God said is great. I want us to be great at what God says is great. I think the great thing that the shepherd does here is he makes it as easy as possible for people to find and follow Jesus. We're going to be a church that makes it easy as possible for people to be found by Jesus. We're not just going to throw open the doors and yell out, Hey, y'all, come on in. We're not just going to assume that people are going to come to us. We're going to go. We're going to make it as easy as possible for the sheep that's stuck in the ditch to be found by the shepherd. If the sheep could find the shepherd, he wouldn't be lost. Do you understand that? If he could get out, then he would have already gotten out. They need someone to come to them, to bring the message to them, not just wait on them to show up. So we're going to be great that what God says is great. And finally is this, we're going to be impressed by what impresses God. We're going to be impressed by what impresses God. Now next week is going to be a party, okay? Next week's going to be bonkers. And we're going to celebrate, and we're going to cheer, and you're going to get to see a great gift that God has given us. But, but make no mistake, we're going to celebrate not just party when we get a new spot or something is given to us, but the real reason we celebrate is when people that are far from God come into a relationship with His Son, Jesus. That's what we're going to celebrate. That's what we're going to party. That's what we're going to elevate. That's what we're going to scream about. That's why we're moving to this other facility. That's why we're leaving here and transitioning, because we believe that there's one more that God wants to save. And when that happens, we'll party. When that happens, we will celebrate, and that celebration will drive us further into the darkness, into a city that desperately needs the hope and the message of Jesus Christ. So if you're in, let's go. If you're a follower of Jesus and are ready to focus on the one that is not here, for those not yet here, then this is going to be a great move. This is going to be a great opportunity to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. This will be a great chance to stand back and watch what God can do when we become outwardly focused and focused on the one and not just focused on ourselves.